All right, well, once again, good morning, everyone. Welcome to Christ Central Church. Great to have you here. Thanks for being here in person, and great to see some people who were part of our church before, but have moved away back visiting, so welcome to you, and some people here for the very first time. Welcome to those joining online. Thank you so much for being with us. My name's Joe Crummy, and I'm going to be speaking this morning, and I'm going to start with this question, which you're going to see here up on the screen, which is sort of the title of our message this morning, and you're going to see this. It's, we become what we behold. So take 30 seconds, think about that for a moment, discuss amongst yourselves. What do you think of that statement? We become what we behold. And if you're maybe like me, and that word behold, we don't use very much in our vocabulary these days. If you go back to King James in uh, that translation of the Bible, it's in there a lot, but it means to look, to notice, to see, to focus. So a lot of times you might see in movies, behold our king, that sort of language. We become what we behold. So there's an implication there that whatever we look at the most, that's what we're going to start looking like ourselves. Do you think there's any truth to that statement? And if you YouTube right now dog owners who spend a a lot of time looking at their dogs and dogs looking a long time at their owners, guess what? That hypothesis will be confirmed that there are a lot of dog owners who look like their dog and weirdly a lot of dogs who look like their owners. Reflection. So this morning, I'm going to get kind of serious right away, okay? I want you to be involved this morning, and this is going to take some reflection. It might not all, you know, it might need more than just this morning, but I want you to track with me and to really be honest with yourself and take a look at what do we look at the most in our lives? What do we fix our eyes on most of the time? And I've picked some obvious ones here. I think number one on the board might be this. Whatever is on there, whether that's social media, games, sports, movies, whatever, we spend a lot of time looking at a screen. That's where we fix a lot of our time, and the screen can change, but the same sort of thing. I brought my credit card. Um, if you steal it, I'm going to warn you now, you're not going to get much out of it, okay? So just, you know, it's not worth the effort, All right? A lot of times, credit, money, and it comes out in all kinds of different ways. This one we do a lot. Ooh, I'm looking old this morning. Let me just see. All right, here we go. Not a hair out of place. Looking pretty good. Fix the mic a little bit. In all kinds of different ways, guess what we do? We look a lot at ourselves. So it doesn't just take a mirror, but a lot of our social media and a lot of our things that we're looking for, we're really looking at self. And there's some obvious things like money, you know, screens, social media, YouTube, all that stuff. There's some addicting things, so we can go to our list, you know, we can look at sometimes we're addicted to drugs, porn, work, pleasure. There's some less obvious things, sort of some of the things that actually Jody just mentioned in our worship time, need for control, need for approval, fear, self, some heart issues thing. And then there's some neutral things like family, recreation that can be really good things that are from God, but sometimes we can make them ultimate things And the Bible talks about that becoming like an idol or a counterfeit God, and we miss out. And here's the thing. All throughout the Bible, the Bible's basically saying this. God's saying, behold me. 
look at me. Fix your eyes on me. Emma just read that from Hebrews. Looking to Jesus. That's how we're going to run our race. That's how we're going to endure. And that involves our inner life. And I think that was even said this morning during worship. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. And it affects our outer life. Love our neighbors as ourselves. And I think if we're honest with each other, we know this. We're distracted, we're busy, we're driven, we're directed by many things and almost everything but God. And we spend a lot of time, energy, money, passion, looking and fixating our eyes on people, self, goals, fears, dreams, you name it. And folks, whether we realize it or not, we're being molded, shaped, formed. We are becoming what we behold. So it's a serious issue for us to take a look at. And in God's word, hundreds of times, it says, behold, that word's there. And it's saying, behold, we're made in God's image, therefore we're valuable. But behold, there's a purpose for us living. It's to know God and to enjoy God now and forever. It's a relationship with God. That's what we're created for. And God's saying in the early Genesis 1 and 2, he's saying to Adam and Eve, his first creation, I want you to go for I want you to fill the earth with my presence because you're made in my image. You're my image bearers. Go forth, multiply, fill the earth with my glory, my presence. That's what they were called to do. What a glorious thing. But our first leader, Adam, didn't believe God. He got distracted. He disobeyed God. And the consequences are a broken relationship with God. And from that point on, we're lost. And the history of humankind is beholding everything, but not beholding God. And we wonder why we're in the mess that we're in. And God has, folks, the story of God's word is this. It's a rescue plan. It's a redemption plan. It's God's story of redeeming from Adam and Eve, which was lost, that paradise lost, it's his story of redemption and rescuing to bring us back into relationship with him. And the problem was so mighty and so strong, it needed God himself to come as Jesus to help answer and fix our problems. And it's God's story of intervention to redeem God's creation, to know and to love God and to look to God. Folks, this is where you have to be honest with yourself. God wants us, and Neve said this from Psalm 23, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not, I don't need want for anything else. Easy to say, hard to live out. God's saying, if you want to find meaning and purpose and security and acceptance and trust and hope and joy and pleasure and fulfillment, both now and in eternity, behold Jesus. I love that. I love that song that Debbie threw that tongue and then Trevor coming with that interpretation is just saying, my love, my joy, my peace is found in you. Whew. So this morning, I just want to briefly, and I mean briefly, because there's a lot of beholds. I think there was 1,046 or something like that in the Bible. So it's a rainy day. You got nothing else to do. We're going to hit the top 1,000 beholds, okay? We're going to leave 46 out. This is what we're going to do. We're going to go through a few beholds, and folks, God's heart here this morning, God's will here this morning is for you to behold, to look at to fix your eyes on Jesus. And I'm going to give you some ways that you can do that. God, this morning, please hear God's heart. God's a good father. He loves you. He's saying, look at me, look to me, focus on me. So here's how we can do that. Number one, behold the promises of God. So I've just put the scriptures up there. I'm going to read them out. 
and you can maybe just take a picture or jot down, you can look up in this week, but just listen to the beholds that are in the Old Testament, and they're God's promises of what He's going to do through Jesus. And one of them is this, a very famous one at Christmas time, Isaiah 7:14. Therefore, the Lord Himself will give you a sign. Behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and she'll call His name Emmanuel, which means God with us, which was fulfilled as we see in Matthew 1, 22 and 23. At Christmas, we celebrate the birth of Jesus. God's saying the problem's so, and in that context, God's saying, look, you can't figure it out. Jody said it this morning, in your pride and in all your self-sufficiency, you cannot solve this problem. So I'm going to intervene. Therefore, the Lord himself is going to give you a sign. Behold, I'm going to do a miracle. A virgin is going to conceive and bear a son, and you should call his name Emmanuel, which is God with us. Jesus is going to be born on planet Earth. God's son born of a woman, conceived by the Holy Spirit, different from everyone else on planet Earth, fully God, fully human. And that was fulfilled. God promised it. Hundreds of years later, he fulfilled it. Zechariah 9.9, rejoice greatly, O daughter of Zion. Shout aloud, O daughter of Jerusalem. Behold, your king is coming to you, righteous and having salvation is he, humble and mounted on a donkey. Does that sound familiar? Fulfilled in Matthew 21, 1 to 11, when Jesus came in on that donkey on Palm Sunday. Behold, your king. Jesus was not just our savior, hallelujah. Jesus is also king of kings and lord of lords. So he was coming to save us from, yes, our sins and all those things, but he was also coming to establish his kingdom here on planet earth. And he's gonna bring back all the things that were lost through Adam and Eve to Satan, to sin, and to death. Behold, your king. And he didn't come on a stallion. He didn't come with a big parade. He came humble on a colt, on a donkey. That was prophesied and promised hundreds of years, and it was fulfilled in Jesus. Behold the promises that have been fulfilled in Jesus. Jeremiah 31, 31. I love this. Behold, the days are coming, declares the Lord, when I will make a new covenant. Folks, we get to live in new covenant time. God's established a new covenant, a new way to know and relate to God that doesn't have to do with priests and sacrifices and ceremonies as we see all throughout the Old Testament. But now, Jesus is our sacrifice. Jesus is our great high priest. Jesus is the way we have access to the living God. Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. And Jesus is the one, as we follow him, who puts his spirit in us. It's a new covenant. God promised, behold, a new thing is coming. It's not just going to be the written law. I'm going to write the law on your hearts. I'm going to remove your heart of stone and give you a heart of flesh. It's not just going to be external things that you're going to know me. You're going to know me from your heart. Whew. Behold. Behold. Behold God's promises. Behold, and in Acts 2, Peter is able to say, this is that which was promised in the Old Testament has come true through Jesus' life, death, resurrection, ascension, and the giving of his spirit. Behold God's promises. How do we know God's promises? Because they're given through his word. So can I encourage you, one way to behold God is to behold his word. So instead of all these different things, we want to be holding the word of God. We want to be holding, reading, studying, meditating. God, speak to me through your word. 
Folks, if we behold God's word, guess what? We're going to look like God's word. We become what we behold. We read God's word, we meditate on God's word, we obey God's word. Folks, part of hearing God's word is listening to the preaching of his word. And that's why we're always like, get in the context of a good, healthy local church where you hear God's word taught and proclaimed. It washes us with his word. Faith comes from hearing. So it's a personal, it's a together. Behold God's promises. They're faithful, they're true. We don't understand sometimes God's timing. Hundreds of years went by on those promises, but God was faithful. And God's word molds and shapes and forms us. We get to understand God's character and purposes and plans. And God speaks to us through his word. We can believe and behold God's promises for us today. That Jesus is building his church and the gates of hell are not going to prevail against it. That Jesus says, if you follow me, I'm going to come. I'm going to make my home in you. I'm not going to leave you as orphans. We can believe his promises today because of how he's been faithful in the past. We become what we behold. We want to behold the promises of God. We want to look at the promises of God through God's word, and we want our eyes fixed on those. Secondly, behold the purpose of Jesus. We want to look to Jesus. Briefly, Luke 2, 10 to 11, another Christmas one. And the angel said to them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior who is Christ the Lord. Hallelujah. Behold a Savior. God's intervened. We have a Savior who saves us from sin and death and the devil. Behold the Lord. We have one who's in control, who's sovereign, who we can trust and obey and serve. It's good news. Good news this morning is we can look to Jesus. It's good news, not just 2,000 years ago. It's for all people. We have a Savior who saves us up from the ashes. Jesus takes us and he builds his life in us and he's Lord over all. We get to follow him. John 1, the next day, he, that's John the Baptist, saw Jesus coming toward him and said, behold, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. I'd love to have been there for that one, eh? Can you imagine John the Baptist? Like, what a wild guy. Eating locusts, fur, you know, I just can't. <laughs> he was doing the beard thing before the beard thing was popular, okay? John the Baptist, river, people, crowds flooding to him, Jesus coming, and what does he say? Behold the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. We just sang about it this morning. We had the Lamb of God crown him, many crowns, the lamb upon the throne. Mark started this whole meeting from Revelation saying about Jesus, the lamb of God. Old Testament, the people of Israel, captive in Egypt, and God was going to get them free, and he sent the angel of death, and he's like, I got to get Pharaoh's attention. The firstborn's going to die in every home, unless you take a lamb, you kill the lamb, you put the blood over the doorpost, and the angel of death's going to pass you by. The blood of the lamb will save you. Called the Passover lamb. And in the New Testament, that's applied to Jesus. Jesus is the Lamb of God. Jesus on the cross, he was the one who died. And when we put our faith and hope and trust in him, his blood that was shed gets applied to our lives, and God sees Christ, and he passes by. The judgment goes on Jesus. The wrath of God 
rightly deserved for our sins goes on Jesus and we are passed over. Folks, that's good news. And Jesus took on the justice of God for every wrong that we've done that deserves consequences. Justice needs to be served. It's served on Jesus and he's the Passover lamb. And John the Baptist is saying, behold, don't miss That's Jesus. Behold him. Look at him. He's the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. Folks, don't miss this morning. Behold the Lamb of God. Jesus. We look to the cross. We behold Jesus. Matthew 17, 5. Jesus with Peter, James, and John, his disciple, takes him up on the mountain, and this is what happens. Jesus is transfigured, white as lightning, like, and Peter, like, trying to figure out what's going on. And it says this, when Peter was still speaking, behold, a bright cloud overshadowed them and a voice from the cloud said, this is my beloved son with whom I am well pleased. Listen to him. Behold, God's son, loved by the father, accepted, affirmed, blessed. Listen to him. Behold, my beloved son, whom I love, with him I am well pleased. Listen to him. Folks, when we follow Jesus, the Bible says this, we're placed in Christ. And now the Father speaks blessing over us. In Christ, I'm a son whom the Father loves. Joe Crummy, born again by the Holy Spirit, in Christ, a son of God whom the Father loves. He's well-pleased. Folks, if you're ever looking for significance, acceptance, security, love, it's found in Jesus. And the Father speaks his blessing over us. Folks, the world can't give it. The world can't take it away. Behold, the Son of God. Listen to him. Folks, what are the two main ways that we can behold Jesus? There's all kinds of ways, but what are the two main ways? Once again, through his word. And folks, one of the main ways we behold Jesus is we worship God together. Folks, our flesh never wants us to come and meet together. We're cranky. We didn't have enough coffee. We were up too late last night. My smoke alarm went off at 5 o'clock this morning. No kidding. The battery, you know, that beep, beep five o'clock. My kids can all sleep through it. I don't understand. (laughs) And of course, you know what it's like. I went to every smoke detector in the house, and it was the very last one. And you're like, I swear, it's right here beeping. And all of a sudden, it's over there. And you went over there, and all of a sudden, it sounded like it was over here, and you can't get back to bed. And I'm like, I'm cranky. I'm cranky. I'm mad. That's not right. And I come in, and I meet with the saints. And even if I don't want to be here, whew, Mark had me in the introduction, reading Revelation. And all of a sudden, we start worshiping. And what are we doing? We're singing. We're beholding Jesus through the songs that we sing that are full of truth. And we're allowed to sing with our spirit, with our emotions. And all of a sudden, guess what? All those other things fade away. And I'm beholding Jesus. What has helped me? You, 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 you. You helped me behold Jesus by us worshiping together. 
And that never gets old. It's powerful. It's like a reset. Trevor said it, repentance, come in here. All of a sudden, I turn. Jesus, I behold Jesus. Changes everything. And folks, we get to do that together. We get to do that on our own. I love that story. Trevor just saying, I'm just out for my walk, talking to God. God speaks. I turn around. and God fills my heart. He didn't have anyone around him. It's not either or. It's both. So we don't want to just be dependent when we meet together. We want to be beating Jesus on our own and looking to Jesus 24-7. But folks, we can't just look at Jesus 24-7 on our own. We need each other. That's how we behold Jesus it's on our own, so when we come together, we have something to share to build up the body. And when we come into heart, we come together and we get lifted up by others and we behold Jesus. Third, behold the presence of Jesus. Jesus is alive. So we look to the cross, but we don't end there. Jesus is alive. He was resurrected from the dead. It's good news. And Jesus says this in Matthew 28, 19, 20. Go, therefore, make disciples of all the nations, baptizing in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe or obey all that I have commanded you, and behold, I am with you always to the very end of the age. Behold, look, fix, notice, I am with you always. I'm with you by my Holy Spirit. You're not alone. I'm not going to leave you as orphans. You're not independent. You're not free agents. My Spirit is going to come and live in you as you follow me, and as you go and make disciples, as you obey me, I am with you. Tomorrow morning, as you go to work, Jesus is with you. You might feel alone. You might feel lonely. Jesus is with you. It's a promise. His presence is with us. Such good news. He hasn't sent us to go, follow me, but you're on your own. No, I'm with you. I'm going to send a helper, a teacher, an advocate, a counselor, a comforter. He's going to live in you. 2 Corinthians 5, 17, therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he or she is a new creation. The old has passed away. Behold, the new has come. Are we beholding, if we're a follower of Jesus, that the old has passed away? And behold, the new has come. We're a new creation in Christ. And yes, we've got to get freed up, and we've got to renew our minds. We've got to learn how to get rid of some of the old. But the truth is, you're in a new kingdom. You're a new creation. You're a new person in Christ. It's good news. Behold, the new has come. Look at who we are in Christ. The Lamb of God covers up our sins and paid for them. We're in a new kingdom, a new creation. We've been given a new spirit. We have a new heart. We have a new purpose for living. 2 Corinthians 3.18, and we all with unveiled faces. So the context is Old Testament, Moses went up the mountain to meet with God. Everyone else was afraid. Moses, you go. <laughs> smoke, lightning. Moses, you go on our behalf. We'll send you. Moses meets with God, and he comes back down. His face glowed because he had been with God. So much so he had to put a veil over it because they're just like, man, too bright. Like, I don't think sunglasses were invented back then. Put a veil on. And Paul in writing 2 Corinthians, he's saying this. Guess what, folks? This new covenant, it's so much better than the old because every one of us, we don't have to send Moses. Every one of us has access to God, and that's the context. And we all, saying those who are following Jesus, with unveiled faces, beholding, beholding the glory of the Lord are being transformed into the same image from one degree of glory to another. This comes from the Lord who is 
the Spirit. Did you catch that? We all, with unveiled faces, beholding the glory of the Lord. When we look to Jesus, we're looking to the glory of the Lord. And what happens? We're being transformed into looking at the same, we're being transformed into looking like Jesus. From one degree of glory to another. Have I told you lately, you look more like Jesus than you did before? Have I told you that? Have I told you that? I knew you back then. You look a lot more like Jesus than you did before. Why? Because as we behold Jesus in the glory of the Lord, we're being transformed from one degree of glory to another to become more like Jesus. And who does that? Jesus does that. It's not something we strive or earn. God does it by his spirit. We're being transformed. Folks, that's encouraging. We stumble sometimes. We fall down. We get back up. We help one another. Sometimes we need to repent of things. We forgive but we are being transformed. We become what we behold. And folks, Jesus is saying this morning, behold me, look at me. It's a journey, there's tough circumstances, it's hard. It is, there's no denying that. And there's different seasons of feeling like we're in the ash heap, but it's purposeful because God's working all things together for good for those who are called by Christ Jesus because he's using all those things to form us to become more like his son. And if you look at the life of Jesus, he went through a lot of different things. He went through suffering and sorrow. Last one, behold, an eternal perspective. Jesus is coming again. I let you off easy on this one because it's just the same thing over and over again, so I just picked one. Revelation 22, seven, and behold, Jesus is saying, I am coming soon. Blessed is the one who keeps the words of this prophecy of this book. But over and over again, Jesus is saying this, behold, behold, I'm coming soon. Folks, this is an easy one to get lost. We just need that eternal perspective because that eternal perspective affects our decisions today. When we're reminded, oh yeah, my money and my credit card isn't really mine, it's God's, I'm a steward, and he says, store up for yourselves treasures in heaven by giving away money today. That's living with an eternal perspective. Because Jesus is coming soon, and I'm going to give an account of how I spent his money, because it all belongs to him, right? We're stewards. We don't just give 10% or 11 or 12 and keep the other 88. It all belongs to God. Knowing that Jesus, we're beholding Jesus and knowing that he's coming again affects our decisions today. And he says, you're blessed if you keep obeying and looking to Jesus. So folks, just in closing, it can sound like a hard message, but please hear my heart. This is Jesus speaking. This is the best news for you if you can behold Jesus. today and maybe this week, we just need to take some time to be a bit more self-aware. What are we beholding? And sometimes it's helpful just to name it, recognize it, and turn from it. That's that repentance part Trevor is talking about. Okay, I'm worshiping this, I'm worshiping this, and I'm going to turn, and I'm going to behold Jesus instead, and I'm going to let him 
align other things behind me. So here's our to-do. Very simply, what is maybe one thing today, maybe just even this week, folks, baby steps, what's one thing I can change to behold Jesus more? Can you think about that for a minute right now? Because great for me to preach this, but if you walk away and it doesn't... So I'm asking you, what is one way this week you can make one change to behold Jesus more than you did this past week? So it might be reading Psalm 23 this week, as Neve was memorizing that at camp. might be listening to a podcast that's pointing you to behold Jesus. It might be going for a walk, as Trevor did. It can look all kinds of different ways. But I'm asking you, what's maybe one way this week, one change you can make through the Word, through worship, through rest, through maybe just even setting aside 10 minutes. We talked about this before at breakfast or at lunch or before you go to bed. Just beholding Jesus. Folks, <clears throat> it matters. It really does. Jesus talked a lot about what if you gain the whole world but you don't know God and you lose your life? If we don't behold Jesus, if we met out on his promises, his purposes, his presence, his perspective, folks, no wonder we let fear and addictions and anxiety and all kinds of different things rule our lives. Even if they're secret things that maybe no one else knows. Behold Jesus. Let's fix our eyes on Jesus. Let's fix our eyes on his promises. We saw from his word, he's faithful, he's true. He fulfills his promises. He's given promises to us that we can hope and put our faith and trust in. We can behold Jesus' purpose, that Jesus came to earth to save us, yes, but to bring his kingdom that we're now a part of, and God wants to work through us to go and make disciples of all nations. That we know that Jesus' presence, we can behold that Jesus is with us always as we go that we can behold this eternal perspective that helps our decisions today. And as we end, I was so encouraged because Emma, I, so encouraged what people brought during worship. Wasn't that so encouraging? Try to include it in the message. I, don't, I forget sometimes, so if I forgot something you brought, that doesn't mean it wasn't important, okay? But Emma, Hebrews 12, wanted to, she didn't know this, but this is what we're ending on. Hebrews 12, 1 to 2. I'm not that good with slides. I did not fit this in, okay? Mm -hmm. Why don't we do this? If you're able, why don't you stand? Let's read this together. And I'm going to ask the worship team to come, and we're going to have some time to just really respond to God's word. So if you're able, can you read this with me? Okay? Therefore, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us also lay aside every weight and sin which clings so closely, and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us, looking to Jesus, the founder and perfecter of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and is seated at the right hand of the throne of God." Just as the band begins to play, as I was preparing this message, this is certainly just what I felt one thing 
And I know God speaks to his word, so there's other things. But this is the encouraging thing, that no matter where you are, the Bible says this, Jesus is the lifter of our heads. Jesus is the lifter of our heads. And I can imagine in this size of people and those watching online, there's probably somebody who's just like, you know what, I can't even lift my head to behold Jesus. I'm exhausted, I've been beaten down, I'm worn out, whatever, whatever circumstances it might be, this is the good news, folks. Jesus comes, he's the lifter of our heads. And this morning, I believe Jesus, as we worship him, wants to lift some heads this morning so that we can behold him. So we're going to sing, we're going to let the Holy Spirit minister, lift heads, and then we'll give you some direction at the end of the song for some next steps.